0: that make up the tapestry of the fashion industry. Um, With all that is weighing on our minds going forward, how do we collaborate and share ideas? And I think this is a great way to do that. With a virus that discourages the interaction of people, the touching of clothing, gathering, what is the future holding for the fashion industry? And how are our roles changing? What might that look like after a vaccine has been created. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce all of you to Tara Ferry. Tara grew up in Schenectady, New York and moved to Manhattan when she was 17, attending FIT. Uh, She graduated with two Associate of Fine Arts degrees, one in Illustration and Visual Presentation and another in Exhibit Design. She did return to complete a Bachelor of Fine Arts in art restoration. While at school, one of Tara's exhibit design professors was a stylist and hired Tara to assist her. And she took to it like a duck in water. In her last semester as a full-time student at FIT, um, the Jeffrey Bean exhibit at the FIT Museum needed installers. And they um, talked to her drafting professor and, Tara was suggested that is not the norm at the FIT Museum and they brought Tara on as one of the people setting it up and not only was that successful, but she continued on for another five years freelancing for them working in the shop, building platforms, painting walls and hanging artwork. She also worked as an installer at the Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum. During that time. She also um, did other freelance gigs, including doing renderings for Macy's corporate store design, was a scenic artist for summer theater, and created window displays for local boutiques. After college, Tara joined a professional dressing team with Stephanie Jaworski of Stephanie J, which today is known as Fashion First. Fashion First is one of the top teams in the fashion world. They are known for their care and detail, with collections and Tara quickly became a top tier dresser with them. Her work with Fashion First team also included steaming and pressing and going into designer studios as hired as well as some assisting in production. Tara's knowledge from her time as a dresser in the production world is really very rare. The way that she can communicate with the dressers is very quick and succinct. Many pieces are difficult to deal with and we have only X amount of time. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but an average fashion show is 12 minutes start to finish. Tara worked for 15 years as an assistant stylist, show producer, and assistant fashion editor on a menswear magazine. Transitioning into a stylist in her own right, specializing in children's wear. She was made production lead for the Tech's Fashion Show when asked to join Judith Rice & Associates in 2011 as production lead Tadashi Shoji. Uh, Tadashi, what can we say about Tadashi? We love Tadashi and the amount of years that she has since worked with him, continues to work with him, is a very large testament to how well the team uh, during collection care and production is run. So Tara, thank you so much for coming on and joining me and um, welcome, welcome to my show. Thank you, thank you for for having me. Oh, Big cup. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, got it. (laughs) (laughs) I I go through your background because it is so extensive. It is so varied in detail. I just want to get people to have an understanding of where you're coming from, your level of expertise. Um, And you and I spoke in April. Uh, we ha- okay, we had cocktail hour on Zoom, and it was fabulous. <laughs> and I think that's when we were starting to realize this is going to be a little bit more than a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I know that your family is in upstate New York, and at the time, everybody's fine. Everything was great. But you are in Brooklyn, New York, at the epicenter of the coronavirus. How are you and your friends and your family doing today? How are you dealing with all of this?
1: Well, for my family, since they are upstate, they have not been hit the way we have, obviously. Um, Albany, which is the capital, only has about 1,600 cases, where my family is, which is right next to that, only have about 600, so they're getting ready to open. At this point, Brooklyn is one of the hardest hit spots, and we're at about 52,000. So, I mean, I'm doing well, most of my friends are doing pretty well. I do know a bunch of people who have had the virus, who are recovering and it's been a long recovery. It's not something you just get over like the flu, it is a couple of months and it's just these lingering um, symptoms to it, you know, like still being short of breath or, you know, any little thing that you do is still exhausting a couple of months into it. Um, I have a friend who's still testing positive a month and a half after he tested. Um, so it's, it's not something that's, that you can easily get over. Um, we don't know what happens after this. There are other side effects, including um, kidney disease. People are having strokes. Um, I have a friend who is a nurse uh, for Sloan Kettering, and mm-hmm. they're asking for dialysis machines more than respirators at this point. So oh. at that point. Um, but I don't you know. feel like
0: we've really heard about that, Tara. The the dialysis machines.
1: Yeah. So there, you know, going forward, we don't know what all the other side effects are going to be. Like, what does this do to you in the long term? Are you going to have these lingering problems with heart and kidney and all of that? So mm-hmm. nobody really knows.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I know that y- you have switched into you worked yoga as well as in fashion shoots, which that lasted a little bit longer. I think you guys were wiping everything down at the time.
1: Um, Yes, I've been, so my, in my other world, I do teach yoga, um, mostly pre and postnatal. So I'm in a very special environment. Um, We started Really, the studios were kicking that in probably by the end of February, really with the disinfectant and wiping down all of our props. We stopped doing hands-on adjustments with our students a couple of weeks before the studios closed and just distancing ourselves from our students and then wiping down props. And then it was, okay, now we can't use props. You, If you want to use props, bring your own. And then the studios closed. It was a very sudden thing because it was when mm. the state closed down and they closed down all of the gyms yoga studios, restaurants, everything, and that was um, March 23rd, I believe. Um, but it was very sudden. You know, At that point, we were just trying to figure out how we were gonna make this work and how much longer it was gonna happen. And, and at that point, they also were only closing for a couple of weeks, You know, somehow thinking that this was gonna blow over or get better, which obviously did not.
0: <laughs> right, and <laughs> we usually see each other at this point. I'm really missing you. We usually see each other for bridal, for Pratt graduation fashion shows. Um, I mean, it, it was sudden, I think we did think that maybe it was gonna be a couple weeks and then come back and and here we are. This is going to be a long haul. And right now, the way I, I see it, New York Fashion Week is up in the air. We're just not sure what's going right. to happen. Yeah. But I mean, I have taken your yoga classes and it has, just so you know, it helps me through. There is something <laughs> about it being live that just adds such a touch that's so important um, during this time for me. And for anybody watching, I'm going to give information um, on your yoga classes at the end. Um, but it, it. how amazing is that to switch to yoga online? You're so creative, but that's how we always have to be as freelancers. We've got to be adaptable and quick thinking and change on a dime. It's just been a roller coaster for all of us. It, it's going to open. It's not going to open. It's going to happen. Um, okay. It's okay. It's not okay. Um, like I said, I briefly went through your backgrounds and your description of everything that you've done. You've gone from dresser, art, exhibits, production, um, I like to call you like back of house savior. Um, People follow you around asking questions (laughs) um, (laughs) at the beginning of fashion shows. And and, um, I try to save you sometimes and sometimes they just say, well, she's just got to deal with that. But um, from dresser to production team, you started seventh on sixth, which later became Mercedes Benz Fashion Week. Then we moved to Lincoln Center. Then we went to the post office uh, and yeah, and more recently, we've been at Spring Studios. Um, you've seen so many changes in venues. Over the years, has the, the um, collection management process changed or has that pretty much stayed the same?
1: It hasn't changed a whole lot. And and some of that depends on the specific designer and budget. So a lot of our production depends on budget. Um, I've done very high end and very low end jobs um, with, you know, you can have a team of 15 people or a team of two doing the work of 15 people, (laughs) but you know. Um, So I think most of it is the technology. So, you know, having now in this day and age, you have a million people backstage. They're all photographing. It's all going on, on social media right away. So what happens backstage is just seen instantly. It used to be that everything that we did in production for backstage was for us. You know, we are doing the dresser notes. So for everybody who doesn't know, the, the dressers, um all the models have dressers and each outfit will have a card that says their name the number that the outfit is what pieces are in the outfit um any styling notes shoes etc etc and all of that is for the people backstage we have a run of show board with all the pictures of all of the outfits and that's a reference board for us there's one for hair there's one for makeup it's for their teams but now everything is photographed constantly so they have to look perfect and back in the day we didn't you know we were doing everything on polaroid film you know they're not the best pictures it was an instant reference for us um you know handwritten notes and everything and now because it's going to be photographed they have to be flawless backstage you know we put so much work into How that looks so that it is seen. Um, You know, just, I started doing this in the mid-90s. So, you know, we weren't working on our computers at work. We were doing everything by phone calls. And it was just a lot more, I feel like a lot more legwork. Whatever you needed, you had to run out and find. Now it's like, we can just order it online. So things like that have changed around a lot more than anything um then there's the backstage just now you can't smoke backstage you know that started around 2001 2002 something like that um when they did the smoking ban back in the 90s there were cigarettes everywhere people were eating near the food they were drunk we had models (laughs) that would be so drunk they could barely walk they'd be hanging off the rack Literally just hanging on for dear life while three people change them and this stuff doesn't happen anymore People are a little more well-behaved these
0: days (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't you don't see as much but we still have a lot of action in the sense that and I mentioned it at the beginning that these shows are start to finish 12 minutes, right, and we have to dress quickly and mm-hmm. decisions have to be made on the fly. And I know you have made quite a few um, interesting decisions.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. There's always going to be some something happening, it's a zipper that's going to break. Or you know we've had to cut somebody out of a boot because the zipper broke, zipped up. So there's no way to get this boot off this girl. And she's got to get a pair of pants off. So cutting through it. I cut through a sweater, a cashmere sweater, before. Um, mm-hmm. Had a giant bouffant. This was not thought about before the show. I wasn't a stylist. This is back in my dresser days. Um, <laughs> cashmere turtleneck, no zipper on the back. That we had two Three people had to shimmy her into it. She actually had to step into it, and we had to have her arms down, and we shimmyed it up onto her before the, the turtleneck? show. She stepped the into turtleneck. the turtleneck. That is a it tiny was Yeah, <laughs> cashmere turtleneck. Luckily, enough stretch that we could just shimmy it on her. It took us about ten minutes, but you know. Getting it on before the show's fine, getting it off in the middle of the show is not going to happen, and that just <laughs> oh places down the God. back took the scissors it was It was the only way to get this thing off of her and get her into another outfit in what sixty seconds or so that you have yeah. to change her
0: it's fast i I'm not sure that that some of the people that come to the shows and whatnot that they realize. Um, how how quick it is and, and that the dressers, how many people it takes. It's a very quick turnaround. Um, we definitely have designers that come that think they can change within what we call three looks. And anybody that's at a show knows we have at least two looks, two outfits, two models on the runway passing each other. So that would mean if there were three looks in between and you're the girl coming back, that the second girl in line is you that just came off. That is not (laughs) going to happen. (laughs) I love when you're explaining that to the different designers. The new uh, designers
1: that come in and they, you know, they've never done a show and they're like, they've got it all set. And you're like, this model's never getting on the runway. Guarantee it, you know, and they're going to argue with you. (laughs) you're like, well, you know, you can try it, but it's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: And you've worked with some big personalities and the, The one, someone who I believe is a mentor to me that I've always looked up to, Joan Rivers. Um, You worked with her. Yeah. What, can you tell me a little bit about that work? I mean, I'm in absolute awe.
1: (laughs) Um, This is back, Uh, way back. Uh, We worked on a bunch of Regis and Kathy Lee shows and then Regis and Kelly, and I worked with her in both capacities. Um, One was a Halloween show. Uh, We had to dress her as Uncle Sam. <laughs> Actually I worked with Peter Boyle on that same show, dressing him as a cop. And uh but another time we did four days of makeovers with her and it was out on the street. They were uh tourist makeovers. So we would go out and she would, you know, I'd be kind of step back and they'd go around with the camera and she'd talk to people and she'd pick out somebody and decided that they needed a makeover, and then I would take them off to Lord and Taylor. We'd pick out an outfit, I'd bring them to get their hair done, and then the next morning, they would go on the show, do the makeover, and then we'd go out again to another place. We did like uh, Empire State Building, the Met Museum, Times Square. So four days of Joan. Yeah, she was
0: she was oh. amazing. Yeah, she, she really was just, she always knew what was coming. She always had her finger on the pulse, really. Um, well, I, I know that we're, we're, we're coming towards the end and I, I love to talk about these. We could talk for hours. You and I know that and we do. Um, but I do wanna to get to my last question that I have, which is um, with so many people discussing virtual fashion show versus um, mm-hmm. live and in person, um, what do you see for the future of fashion shows after a vaccine is created? Are we just gonna go back to the same old, same old?
1: That's really a a tough question. Um, I don't imagine it's ever going to be the same. Um, Even after this all happens, do we get used to this system of doing a virtual show? Do these continue um, after there is a vaccine? How effective is it? Um, How safe do people still feel? There's going to be a lot of layover from this where we're still gonna, are we still gonna use masks? Are we still gonna use gloves? Even in our regular life of working with a bunch of people because you know, when you're prepping for a show, you have so many bodies coming through. You have castings, all these models coming through just for a casting day, there could be a hundred of them. Um, That's a lot of people to be in contact with every day. So, uh, do we just continue on with, this system. You know, I have a feeling that even if we do virtual shows, some of those might continue. Um, and if we go back to doing live shows, they're gonna, there's definitely gonna be a difference to them.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think you had mentioned one time when we were talking that your grandmother lived through the depression and she continues to save wrapping paper and that we are going to continue to (laughs) be afraid of maybe uh, groups of people. Yeah, I imagine that there can be. Yeah, and the the hand washing and the concern and the models, I just think gone are the days that we have 20 models in the seats, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) all getting their hair and makeup done at the same time with all of the hair and makeup Artists, we could barely get through backstage, as you know, um, just to grab a model, to fix shoes. Um, I don't think we're going to see that again.
1: No, I don't think we can. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it changes. Um, But everybody's pretty much on hold right now. I did get a question, um, which I think you're going to love this, with all of the high tensions in um, at Fashion Week during the shows. There, there's a lot of money and there's a lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah, there are. Um, uh, did you start yoga because of the intense stress from this type of pressure? And do many people in the industry turn to yoga to manage their stress?
1: Um, I did not turn to yoga because of fashion. I the first yoga class I took was in 1988, (laughs) so I was, yeah, I was, I was, uh, it was my gym class, so uh, I started doing yoga before I ever got into fashion, and it was just, and then, um, totally off subject, I was diagnosed as a teenager with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, so I always had uh, joint problems, so it was a nice way to have movement without inflammation.
0: And Hayden, you said another question just came in. Yeah, we
1: have one question. Yep. Um, Are there positive changes that you see with the changes from in person versus virtual fashion shows? And how will it change the way designer lines will be accessible to the public?
0: Oh, wow. Can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. Were you able to hear that at all? No, I can't hear it. It's it's kind of breaking up. Start with the first sentence and I'll repeat. Are there positive changes that you see with the changes from in-person versus virtual? Okay. Do you see positive changes with in-person, with, with virtual versus in-person, and- How will it change the way designer lines will be accessible to the public? How will it change how designer lines are accessible to the public? Oh,
1: let's see. Um, what do I, f- okay, let me go back to that. What do I
0: find that's positive? In, <laughs> in virtual versus in person. Do you see some positive changes coming from that?
1: I mean, I, I see that being more accessible to everybody right now. Although a lot of this the shows have been broadcast online where that wasn't the case before and it was very exclusive. So maybe it will just reach more people and because it, there won't be anything in person, it will all be online. For anybody who is in the industry, it's a lot easier because you're not going from show to show. So I think that will be really good for anybody who's a fashion editor, stylist, and all of that. You can sit at home and watch all of these shows. I mean, the the disadvantage is not being able to see clothing in person, which is very different. Um, Being able to feel fabrics and just see the weight of them and how they're actually laying. Um, So that's a big change. Okay, second part of that.
0: Uh, the second part was, how, how, will it lines and the how will it change designer lines and the accessibility to the public? Hmm. Wait, how the will, way, the way and the way designer lines are accessible to the public. Ah, so how will it change the designer lines and the way it's accessible to the public?
1: That, I don't even know how to answer that, since I'm not a designer, I'm just on the fashion show production end of this. Um, mm-hmm maybe you have a better...
0: Well, my feeling, I, I immediately, my thoughts went to you working at Guild. Um, mm-hmm. and so is this a way that people will be shopping now? Um, is this a way that it's accessible for people? Um, I, I think that's gonna be a question moving forward.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really hard question to answer. I mean, there will obviously be a lot more online shopping even mm-hmm. The stores that are staying open, I, I see stores closing at this point, um, where we will have to do more online shopping, and then how many people do want to actually go into a store at this moment? So, right. um, okay. as far as accessible, I feel like everybody has online shopping anyway, everything's accessible online, so I don't see that being a big change.
0: Right. Yeah, I, and I agree with you, I think it, it, it's simply staying in that format. Um, you said we had one more question. I'm sorry. We're going to try to fit in one more question. <laughs> um, you think that in addition to safety issues shows will move in a new direction to adapt to smaller budgets. given the Do you think mm-hmm. In, addition to, in addition to safety issues. Safety issues shows, will shows will move in a new direction to adapt to smaller budgets. To adapt to smaller budgets given the decline in retail sales?
1: Yes, I think they're going to have to. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have been. I was thinking about this as soon as bridal got canceled back in at the end of March. We were supposed to do bridal shows, and that was all being canceled. And then, well, since all of this is happening right now, people are not going to have the money next season, even if we do have Fashion Week, which I seriously doubt anything is going back to normal for another year and a half. Um, they're not going to have the budgets. They won't have the money. Then we do smaller shows or they do something a little more informal or they do, you know, people that go on stand on platforms instead of runway shows, things like right. that.
0: Yeah. Presentation. We're going to have to definitely get more creative mm-hmm. um, yeah. and continue to try to find solutions so that it's safe, but still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, Tara, thank you so much for everything, for coming on and, Handling our questions. <laughs> and I love you. hearing your stories. You'll have to come back on again and talk to us more all about it. <laughs> We're going to have to, we'll just have a
1: show just about our backstage stories.
0: Oh gosh, backstage <laughs> stories. That could be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love you. Love to everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> And everyone, thank you for attending the second episode in my Behind Fashion series. Tara Ferry's website is tarraferryyoga.com. Next week, I'll be joined by Kathy Young. She's an actress, a stylist, producer, production lead, and a maven behind the scenes. So you're not going to want to miss this episode as we dive into what's going on behind fashion. See you all next week, Wednesday, May 27th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon on the East Coast, and 9 a.m. in California. This conversation has been recorded, and a link will be sent to you in a few days. All the best to you and yours.